Thank you for tuning in to PH Balance, the podcast where we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly things that occur in relationships and our need for healing in them and through them. My name is Lakeisha Jones, and I am your host. But today, we're going to do things a little different. Here we are, halfway through the year 2020. Can you remember back in December of 2019, as we were preparing for the year 2020 to come in, we were saying how 2020 is the marker for clear vision, perfect vision, and that 2020 was going to be the year for change. It was going to be a year where we were going to see things clear. We were going to do things better and bigger. Who would have thought that we literally were speaking the truth. Every year we come into the new year with the whole idea of new year, new me, new resolutions, things of that nature. But now here we are in 2020, halfway through the year, and we have been in the midst of not one, but two pandemics, a health pandemic with the coronavirus, and then now a racial pandemic And not that the racial pandemic is new, because it's definitely not new. It has been in existence for in excess of 400 years. But the racial pandemic has just come to the point of where we, as the black community, are sick and tired of being sick and tired. So in terms of relationships, this has truly challenged some relationships and strengthened some relationships. The challenges come into play when you have individuals who don't necessarily look like us. They're not a part of the black community um, and they have ideals, beliefs, and mindsets that it's not a problem what's going on. Police brutality is a myth or police brutality is not as prevalent as what it's being made to seem. And um, so this has challenged some relationships. Some of those relationships that are being challenged may be some family relationships because, I mean, let's be real. We have quite a few people amongst the world that are in mixed race relationships. So in those mixed race relationships, you have family members that have been brought up with certain ideals and beliefs. And um, they're not intentionally racist, but it's still racist. So it's challenging those relationships um, and it may be damaging some of those relationships because sometimes you can say something and not realize the impact because you don't understand the journey that black people have had to walk in when you're not black. Um, You know, growing up, my mother always told me that I entered into this world with three strikes against me. The first strike is that I'm a female. The second strike is that I'm black. And my third strike is that I'm a black female, which she taught me that even though I had these strikes against me, you know, in baseball and softball, three strikes are out. I'm not out. It just means that I have to work three times harder than my female counterparts. I have to work three times harder than my white male counterparts. Um, You know, and then my brothers also had the strikes against them of being males who were black, you know, um, in the community. So it is very, very challenging to relationships when you're dealing with individuals who 
don't understand the journey that we've had to walk through as a black community, you know. Um, and then it's not just the challenge of those who don't look like us. There are individuals within the black community that did not grow up having to face such challenges because they grew up with a certain type of privilege that maybe money or um, prestige provided them. So they hadn't had the same experiences because of the circles that they've been in, or maybe those experiences have been present, but because they did not see color, they saw social economic status um, in the environment that they were in and they were treated based on that, they didn't recognize the covert actions that may have been said or done against or toward them. So it is definitely a challenge that is occurring amongst relationships because for the most part, the black community is saying black lives matter and enough is enough. Stop killing us. We're tired of this. We're not going to stand for it anymore and no justice, no peace. It is not any longer a situation to where we're saying we will peacefully march. Um, Yes, we will peacefully protest, but at the same time, I look at it from the aspect of a child. If a child has not been given any attention, they're going to misbehave because negative attention is just as, as good as positive attention. If that's what it takes for me to get your attention, for you to pay attention to me and and recognize that I'm here and that I have needs that need to be met, then so be it. And that's where we are as the black community. Um, However, it is important to understand that we didn't go out and seek out to riot and to destroy stores and buildings and things of that nature. There were pallets that were appearing in different places with bricks. Um, There were individuals who were implanted in certain areas and they were breaking windows and starting fires and things of that nature, but they were masked up. They were covering themselves up. And um, I, I don't know if their intent was so that a riot would kick off and the police would have to get violent and then black people would be killed. I don't know because only they know what their thought is in their mind. But I can imagine that they were thinking something along those lines. So it's just amazing how we have had such changes amongst our community and changes in relationships. We have had changes in relationships to where individuals where you weren't quite sure if they were an ally or not an ally and not because they said or did anything that um, indicated one way or the other, but we just never had the conversation but they have been reaching out and I appreciate my um, brothers and sisters who are allies that are saying, I stand with you. Enough is enough. Um, And I have challenged those that I know and that I have spoken with personally to utilize their privilege, the privilege that they were born with, the privilege that many of them did not recognize or realize that they had and are apologetic to the fact that they were ignorant to such privilege. I have challenged these individuals to utilize that privilege to help us bring about change. This is a time where 
we as black people are no longer saying we're going to continue knocking on doors asking for a seat at the table. We're saying that if you won't let us sit at the table, we're flipping the table. And you're not going to call us animals. You're not going to say that we're angry. You're, um, we are angry, rightfully so. But you're not going to label us as being threatening because we're angry. Um, it is amazing that you have riots and protests that occur amongst different groups, different racial groups. Black people can riot and protest and and um, they look for the negativity in the protest and the riot and the comments are have been negative in the past about us rioting and protesting. And then when you have white people that do the same or similar things, it's hear them out. Let's hear what they have to say. You know, Trump has even made that statement um, previously, hear them out, hear what they have to say. But then when it was it's us, the black community that is out here rioting and protesting and, and saying that, you know what, no more. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm sick and tired of this. He says that when the looting starts, the shooting starts. He reaches back to go grab that statement first and foremost. But secondly, you're not even saying the same thing. You're not saying hear them out, hear what they have to say, which is a demonstration of the racial divide. It's a demonstration of the racist behavior, the racist mindset, the racist thought process, the continual oppression that black people and brown people have endured. And we're tired of it, quite frankly. And as a result, it is fracturing and splintering some relationships. Some relationships have come to a complete and total halt. Some relationships have ended. And um, because people have different viewpoints, but the one thing that is important to understand is that for those relationships that have been strengthened, because we recognize that we stand together, we need to make sure that we continually strengthen those relationships, that we continually work together, that we're consistent, that we don't get comfortable, we don't get complacent, because what we have seen in history is that we get to a certain point and we think that we have achieved victory. And it may feel and may be a, a victory, but it's a victory that has not been long lasting. There are certain things in the Constitution that need to be removed. There are certain things, um, certain mindsets that need to be removed. There are certain standards that need to be upheld across the board. When actions taking, taken against people of color are, um, are done and you can show that that individual who has um, assaulted an individual who has um, killed an individual, when you can show that they have a history of racist comments, racist remarks, racist behaviors, racial, um, racist interactions such as the KKK, then it is important to make sure that you're attaching the hate crime statute to those crimes. We need to begin to set examples. America has been really quick to set an example for our black brothers and sisters who have had drugs on them or weapons on them. They want to set the example and put them in prison for years and years and years and giving them sentences that don't match the crime. 
but we won't set the same example for our white counterparts when they're doing things. You can have a white person that can um, beat a black person and kill a black person and they'll get 10 to 15 years if they get any time. And you have a black person that gets pulled over with a little bit of marijuana in their car, um, you know, and that individual is getting 10 to 15 years. It is not matching up. The system is not broken though. A lot of people have been saying the system is broke. The system is broke. The system is not broke. The system is working just as it was designed to work. It is working to be an oppressive system. So what has to happen is that we have to stand in those relationships that we have built our building and that we have strengthened and we have to dismantle the system of oppression. Those relationships that have ended, even though they have ended, that does not mean that we have to be arguing back and forth with individuals to get our point across. It doesn't mean that we have to be disrespectful or disregard them because they're still human beings. I was raised to treat people as a human being, not to treat someone based on the color of their skin, but to treat people based on being a human being, treat them with the same loving kindness and the same respect that I want to be treated with and that I demand to be treated with. So I'm encouraging each and every one of you that are listening to continue to build those relationships, continue to treat those that think differently than you with the loving kindness and let them see that we are not barbaric. We are not animals. We are not a threat in terms of being a physical threat. We are a threat. Understand this. We are a threat because we are intelligent, unlike what they what was we were perceived to be. We are intelligent beings. We are a threat in that terms, but we are not a physical threat to society. And in addition to that challenge, um, I want to challenge those who are um, activists. I want to challenge those who are mentors to do more in the communities that need us. You know, you have some people that have the tendency to throw out, oh, you're talking about Black Lives Matter, but there's a lot of black on black crime in the neighborhoods, in certain neighborhoods, in certain parts of the, um, the world or your state that you live in and things of that nature. But this is the thing. Understand this. We didn't just wake up one day and decide we wanted to have guns and drugs in our neighborhoods. They were planted there. So you can call me a conspiracy theorist all you want. Um, but the reality of it is, is they were put into those neighborhoods. Um, and so as a result, we have created a generational mindset where people feel the need to survive. And, and money is a um, something that people don't have easy access to. And sometimes they engage in illegal enterprise to access that money. And they're making choices because... That's all they know. No one has told them that there is more available to them. I think back to high school and I think about how when I was in high school, um, how some of my Caucasian counterparts, the, the, the counselors, the school counselors were telling them about the different options and um, that they had to go to college. But that conversation never took place with myself or my mother. Um, me growing up with a mother who is a single parent who at the time um, had not achieved 
a college education and did not know and understand what it took to go to college. And um, not only was she a single parent, but she was a teen parent and she was doing her best to raise me right and to provide me with opportunities that she didn't have. But even with her efforts, as great as they were and as much of an advantage as it gave me and as much as it instilled in me, there were things that she just did not know. You can't provide information to a child to help them better their lives if they don't know or if you as the parent don't know that it's available. So there are many of us in the community as a social worker, activism is a part of what I stand for. And there are many of us in the community that do, but there are more of us that need to step up and help our youth to know what is available, to help our parents to know what is available, you know, um, to them, to know the options that they have so that they can obtain the college education so that they can obtain the jobs and the opportunities and they have the ability to dream beyond what they see in their neighborhoods. This is the time. This is the time that we must make a collaborative effort to dismantle the systems of oppression that have been in existence in excess of 400 years. Regardless of your race, creed, sexual orientation, your gender, your faith, this is the time that we stand together in unity, in love, in change, with a loud roaring voice demanding that we will no longer live as we have. Be intentional about bringing about change. Be intentional about building the relationships that can help institute change. Be intentional. I'm Lakeisha Jones. Thank you for tuning in. Be intentional and find your balance. Thank you.